to this episode of Fool's Gold, where we talk about horror. That's horror, not horror. <laughs> yeah. Very different things. The genre as it details in books and movies and the potential for us writing horror stories. Yes, and not like, you know, prostitutes being murdered in terrible ways unless it happens in a contextually sensitive way in a book. Yeah. <laughs> you could write a Jack the Ripper style book. As are always big sellers. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I don't know. I think one of the elements of a really good horror, like, if you get into, like, past the first, you know, movie or whatever, or book or whatever, your medium you're choosing to go with right there, I think one of the good elements is pulling things from history and from various cultures, you know, mythologies, religious lore, whatever you can pick on right there, just because, well, they already have very well-established and fleshed-out lore. Yeah, that's very true. Gives a lot of source material. Demons and vampires and mummies, <laughs> skeletons, and, ghost goblins, galore. Well, I mean, it's even things like, oh, what was his name, Mom? Papa Lagbar, or whatever it was from American Horror Stars, right? He may not have been, like, portrayed in the traditional voodoo, like, deity or whatever he is. I'm not, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit vague on that because I haven't read enough of that stuff yet. But they actually portrayed was Baron Sandy. Yeah, they did. But they, they, they chose the name and they chose the backstory and lore behind a different entity in that. And it kind of meshed together well. It might have stepped on some people's toes that are, you know, voodoo practitioners and whatnot. And yeah, it's unfortunate right there. But I think it was, I, I think it was a good way to go just because it gives you a lot of good source material. Whereas if you go and make up your own version of that, inevitably speaking, you're going to A, step on those same people's toes. And B, you're going to probably do it poorly at that point. At least I think I would. Yeah. Like, there's just a... If you're even if a semi-important character or thing in there, if you can pull from the real world, I think it gives you a, a leg up right there. Yeah, because you're going to inevitably... You're going to alienate your readers because if they see that you're going to be talking about, say, Dracula, and then they go in there and start reading it, and it's about some completely random, made-up person that you've attributed the name to, then they're not going to enjoy that because they're going to be not Dracula. Exactly. That's a random vampire. Exactly. If you're going to do your own original stuff, it needs to be very fleshed out, like back in Castlevania, right, where you had Dracula and Alucard right there. And Dracula's pretty, you know, on the nose for Brim Stoker, but, like, Alucard was a new thing. But they they did it, I think, well, because they didn't really change the Dracula lore. They just changed the, the Alucard lore. Exactly. Which I think is a good way to go about things. I'm all about paying homage to things. So, you know, if you're a big, you know, Sherlock Holmes fan, throwing Sherlock Holmes in a story. I'm all about it. You know? Oh, you do a good job. You know, well, I prefer to do a good job, but some of these characters I do admit are hard to, to do justice to them. Yeah. Just because of how they operate in the. But let, let's be let's be brutally honest. How many people think and act in the way that like is you know a traditional home style way of thinking and acting? It's a very, it's yeah, it's a very weird, you know, it's a very weird hat to step into and try to write for, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something that you, you have to plan for. Exactly, and I mean, even someone who's written, and who not written, but even someone who's read a lot of Sherlock Holmes stuff and watched a lot of movies and stuff, I think would still have difficulty doing the character 
justice from a traditional standpoint. I think the biggest problem, like for me personally, I can nail the aspects of the character, but coming up with the actual mystery that needs to be solved and having it be something that you can't figure out immediately would be my, my strong point. I think my strong point would be that, and then also having the character speak in a way that's traditionally viewed as his because he has a very like cocky snidish thing to him but a playful nature right there it's hard to nail down yeah like Benedict Cumberbatch did an amazing job playing that role and that's something that I think uh, will be difficult for most people to get into it because like look at Robert Downey Jr. he played you know great Holmes in its own way but I don't think he would have played a great traditional Holmes with the you know, the, the house esh viewpoint of things, you know? Yeah. It's just not his way of, it's not his way of acting. Yeah, they, they did a, a different take on it, and it worked well for him. It was a fun movie, serious. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But it was a different take on it, and, like, it's knowing your strengths, and I don't think my strengths would, like, would, would go as well into those types of vocalizations as it would to other things. Yeah. Well, I think I could do a much more convincing Doctor Strange thing than I could, you know... Um, you know, it's just a different, it's a different take there. It's a little bit easier narrative to write for, I think, you know, and I like, just have a crush on I do. I'm, I'm bringing up a lot of, of his roles right there. If I mention him enough times too, maybe he'll send me a love letter. It'd be great. Maybe. That might happen. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things indeed have happened. By the way, if you do send it, awesome and smooches. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh tie back to a conversation we had before we started recording, which is a bad habit that we have, on the nature of trapped demons and ghosts and their influence abilities. On the outside world and outside people, outside of the trapped zone, quote-unquote. Right. So the, the conversation centered around how it seemed that when a demon was trapped in not in any particular show or book or anything, but when they're trapped, that they seem to still have the same amount, if not more, influence on the world around them, excluding the individuals and the trap themselves. So, you know, if you trap the demon, then he can crash the house, but he can't hurt you. Yeah, he can, like, totally make it so that some random airline pilot went berserk and crashed an airplane in the house, but he couldn't hurt you. Right. And that doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, it's never really explained anywhere in particular. And I mean, I guess, like, I guess the only viable, like, explanation I can find for it myself is it's not the demon doing it. It's the process of evicting the demon to hell or whatever is causing the world around to go crazy. But that's not really, that's not really expressly noted and all the characters and stuff seem like they know what's going on. Well, the other problem with that is, is that the demon seems to have typically control over those things that are happening. Yes, like they'll scream and it'll happen or something like that. It seems yeah. like it's very in tune with what's going on with that individual creature, person, etc. So it feels a little bit too coincidental. That's not, you know, coincidence doesn't feel like it explains the situation. Yeah, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. It should be something that's at least minimally documented, if not thoroughly explained. Yeah, and I mean, I granted these these authors and such may have very good explanations for this, but if they do, it never makes it into the narrative. 
Right. So it's it's a question mark for the, the consumer of this media. Yeah. It's something that you definitely need to address. But I think a better way to approach it would just be to say that the trap stops them and it weakens their influence. Because obviously, depending on the level of demon that you summon, if you summon a prince of hell, for example, a small demon trap is probably not going to hold him very well. But if you get like Bob the demon, then he's probably going to have a lot of trouble overcoming a trap because he's like a crappy first level demon and he hasn't gotten any skill points yet. God, why do to see Bob the demon is like this demon who shows up? He's got his nice firmly pressed suit. He's got his little suitcase. Like, hi, my name is Bob. I'll be possessing you today. If you look here at my resume, it'll show I've got three successful possessions this year alone. Up and comer right here. That's right. Like, it, it feels like that's the type of person we're talking about. Yeah, that's, that's exactly <laughs> the kind of person that we're talking about. Bob the demon. And he's very, he's very enthusiastic about his job. You know, that might even make him really good at it, because that'd be like, that'd be really, really off play, like, whoa, this dude's got his, his stuff put together, maybe I can't resist him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, that like, might be a way to go. Maybe him possessing me is what's supposed to happen, because he's got it all on paper. I mean, like, he's got a Form 1172 Possession Blue, and I mean, I don't know, is that is that legit? Do I just have to let this happen? Well, are you going to actually go and research all of the papers, or are you going to accept the man well, looks like he knows what he's talking I mean, if you that. ask him, I'm sure he would say something like, well, you could, you could, well, and tend to resist. Or, <laughs> more in line with the bureaucratic side of hell, he'll probably say, oh, absolutely. And then he'll pull that form out in his, like, an eternity's length of contract. And you're like, ah, oh, I'll skip possessed. This is far like, easier. Oh, my God, fuck this shit. Just possess me, please. By the way, taxes are due next week, so if you don't mind why you're possessing, I'll quit the button. It's cool. <laughs> I'm not a dick. I'm just a demon. Like, hey, this is the best tax return I've ever gotten. Yeah, if you don't mind, every, like, January 30th or so, if you could just come around for a few weeks, I mean. <laughs> just come and possess me, do my taxes, you know, I'll give you uh, five stars on Yelp. <laughs> and that's Yelp like the screen, not Yelp the reviewing service. Yeah, and instead of, like, the cool yellow icon, it's actually just, like, a person in terror going, ah! Yeah. They're yelping in pain. Exactly. This all follows. Like, That's trademarked. You can't take that. <laughs> you totally can't. Hell has their own <laughs> internet. That's what's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wonder if hell did have an internet, would it still be one of those things? Like, I'm moving into a new place now. You know, my my eternal home or whatnot when I'm down there, right? Yeah. Do I have to wait? Like, do I have to schedule an eight-hour block with the ISPs pre-existing, or is it like they're going to sit there and go, oh, "We'll show. We promise." They never show up. I mean, like, how does this work? It depends. Are you a work-from-home kind of soul, or are you going into the office? Well, kind of soul? in the age of coronavirus, like, you can't be too careful. Yeah. Just because you're dead doesn't mean you can't catch it. Right. So you're probably just going to have to block off like a six-week window. And, and wait at your house and do everything by hand until they show up. That just sounds terrible. Like, I mean... Kind of the point. Like, from what I've seen from, you know, various media out there, like, you can't just grab a piece of notepaper. No, you got to, like, buy a person, rip the splotch of skin off, and then yeah. you realize there's all bloody already, so it's hard to write on. And then exactly. you're going to, like, bleach that shit out and... Just it seems terrible, yeah. and then depending on the color of ink you have, it may cause even more problems. Like I mean, yeah, they could be allergic to it. And it could mess be. Up. I mean, imagine if you will, right? You're like, oh, I got my cool pink, pink, pink um, pen here. 
fuck, this is going to work on, like, no skin. <laughs> I mean, like... Yeah, it would not really work on skin. It just, well, I guess it tells. I mean, that's what. Yeah. But, I mean, you would potentially pick up a useful, uh, uh what's the word I'm looking for? Hobby, I guess? <laughs> well, I don't know, hobby or trade, some of that, right? Yeah, trade's probably closer to it. Being uh, able to de-skin somebody and then tan the skin to be used. Like as paper. Right. And then, you know, you decide that you're like, hey, I want to do this for a living instead. And, it, you know, obviously, you don't get paid there. You, you just get, well, like, your well, dick chopped off. I don't know. Maybe you do get paid. Do you know? I don't know. Maybe you get schmeckles. Well, you probably get your dick chopped off every day. I'm just assuming Dogecoin is, like, the thing there. <laughs> now, it's all of the other failed... <laughs> Oh, you want to buy some of my human paper skin? Well, that's going to cost you 44 Ethereum. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You just got to go over there and, and spend the rest of your eternity mining coins. <laughs> but you have the internet turned on. It's, it's a vicious cycle. Well, basically what you have to do is, you know, you have to become the internet at that point. So you have to, like, write complex algorithms into your own skin and then show it to somebody as the blockchain say, see, I did the work, and they're like, okay, here's a coin, and then you have to, like, you know, go and scrub, and, and you know, every day, you're probably going to, like, replenish your skin, you hope so. it won't work. I mean, you really hope so, I mean, otherwise, otherwise, the medical plan in hell is just not up to snuff. Yeah, well, I mean... And, I mean, the one that I know is they offer a great medical plan. They kind of have to. Well, you really do. If, you're, if your entire thing is, I'm torturing you every day, you, you got to, like, fix the, the canvas, so to speak. I yeah. Mean, Every day, you know, it resets, you come back. You still remember everything, that's important. But the physical aspects of it reset. Um, it might be more important that you don't remember. Well, but think about it. Like, if you're like, oh, you're going to pluck mine out again, it's only happened a thousand times, okay. Well, I imagine that it doesn't lessen the pain of it each time it happens. Well, who knows? Maybe it does. Maybe you get to the point where you're like, oh, fuck, they didn't poke my eye out today. This has caused me great moves about stress now. Well, maybe that's the plan, then. Maybe that is the plan. They get you hooked on that <laughs> shit, and then they're like, aha, no more for you. I mean, it's kind of like not having your coffee for the day. I mean, how else would you wake up in the morning? That is very valuable. Getting your eye ripped out is the new coffee. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> This is not the new tie challenge. <laughs> yeah, do not do that. If you are under 30 years old, do not listen to the podcast. Because you will probably do that shit. Hell, if you're over 30 years old, maybe maybe listen to the podcast only in the right frame of mind. Yeah. I mean, That's always important to listen to it in the right frame of mind. It helps if you're high. It might. Are you encouraging drug use? No. I am not encouraging illegal drug use. Okay. If you're in an area where it's legal, by all means, partake. If you're not, then don't break the law that's there for some reason. (laughs) And if you're in Germany, then I don't do what Germans do. Uh, I don't know what's legal over there. I really don't know. I don't know, but 16% of our our listener base is German, and that's pretty cool. So, worldwide. if 16% of the people want to tell us is marijuana legal in Germany, that'd be great. I mean, we could Google this, we could, I guess, but that really just feels like we've given up at that right. point. Yeah, there's no audience participation at that point. You gotta get your trophy for participating. Yeah, it's like an Xbox achievement. Exactly. It dings once. One time. Now you have to reset your profile.
profile to get it again. <laughs> or just forget that you had a profile and sign up for another one and have the amazing username of 9682985497831129. Yeah. That's the best username. That sounds like the near Automaton like DLC. <laughs> Did you ever see that one? No. One of their DLCs, yeah, it's kind of funny. Like one of their DLCs, right? Four is a long stream of letters and numbers, and <laughs> that's what the name of the DLC is. So. That's funny. Well, I, I can't tell you what it is off the top of my head, but I know it's it's long and it's there. They gave up. That's what the name of it is. We give up. I wonder if it's hexadecimal for something. I never even thought to check that. Well, you should. Watch this hexadecimal for how they bought it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, we're going to end this podcast. Podcast sounds right. Episode episodic of- podcast of the thingy. Sporadic episodes. Yeah. We'll get a schedule eventually. We promise we'll get a schedule eventually. But only when we get enough people to feel that like we should get a schedule. Yeah, you should definitely share this with people. So or upvote or whatever the thing is. I don't know how this works. Send us money. I don't know. Or pizza. Pizza would be great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Fools are signing off.